What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. everybody. Welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bullen. Ben, today we've got a topic that uh, that I know you're excited about. I'm gassed, uh, yeah. you, you You brought this topic to us. Uh, you know, we talk about what we're going to do ahead of time. This is one that you were really fired up about, right? Yep. So what is it? This is our look at the self-driving cars of CES, Consumer Electronics Show 2013. Ah, you're killing me. You I, know what? I, this is... Uh, this, We've talked about self-driving cars. This, you know that? Do you know that this makes the fourth podcast that we've had about self-driving cars since we began? Yeah, but so much stuff is happening. Now we, we've, I mean, all all the way back to the beginning. Do you know that one of our first five shows? I think it was the fourth show that we ever did was about driverless cars. Yeah, the, the possibility, and that was before the Google car. Yeah, really. that's right. Well, we did in way back in two thousand eight. We did driverless cars, which uh, you know this is again fourth show ever, right? Yeah, uh, we were up to like four hundred and. Uh, 30 something or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we're, we're way up there. We're going. Um, and then in 2009, we did the, uh, oh, the Pikes Peak and the Robo Audi, mm-hmm. which uh, we're probably going to mention that same vehicle here, I think. Yep. And um, and then August of last year, we did the, uh, again, how driverless cars will work, but it was the Google car. Yes, specifically the Google yes, car. Yes, specifically the Google car. Now, I'll be honest, like we've as we've gone along here, I've kind of lost track. Are we still divided on this, or are we still together on this issue? Like, what do you think? Good idea, bad idea? Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so I don't think that we're going to find a some sort of silver bullet. I, I, I just – I don't think that we, the people of Earth or whatever, are, are <laughs> ever going to be happy with driverless cars or find an infrastructure to support it. Now, what I mean by that is totally autonomous cars. Okay. I can see them working in limited areas such as an urban landscape, you know, like maybe New York City, possibly D.C. or right. San Francisco, but I can't see them working in most of the United States just because we're, we're so big. Well, there's one specific vehicle that we're going to talk about later in the podcast that 
I think hits that right on on target. Uh, yeah. What you're just mentioning, like one specific situation, one specific area, one one specific vehicle. I think I think it will all work out. So um, okay, it's kind of interesting. I'm yeah, excited. But, then. but uh, so so we talked about the Google Car. Yeah. And now that's not. I mean that that's probably the most the most visible vehicle, right? The biggest newsmaker, I guess, of the of the whole bunch, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so they're still working on the vehicle, and and I think they're out there driving around Nevada. Um, which we've heard a lot about recently in the news mm. that you know they've got license to do this now and o- only two accidents by this point and neither the fault of the Google car. Ah, see that's the, okay. When you said that, I raised my eyebrows. But the, so neither one is the vehicle's fault, right? Yeah, that's what that's what we're hearing. Okay. I've, I've seen a couple of sources, but you know, I, I wasn't there. So. <laughs> okay, so uh, back to are we divided on the issue though? Um, you, you're saying that you know there's no silver bullet. I also feel I think we're we're exactly on the same page with this. I think there's no no one system that's going to work for everybody. They're just the the amount of uh, money that it would take, money and planning, uh, is enormous. That that I don't know if it's affordable for it's certainly not affordable for the United States. Maybe for a smaller European country. You can afford the infrastructure needed to put everybody in a self-driving ah, car. You just said the word that I was going to get to right in the next sentence. Now, infrastructure. We we talked about that in our early episode. You know how driverless cars will work. We're number one mm-hmm. uh, way back in two thousand eight, and uh, I'm sure we touched on it in two thousand nine with the Pikes Peak vehicle, you yep. know, the Audi. Um, and when we got up to late last year, however, the Google uh, the Google car, which I'm having a hard time saying. It's tricky. That that vehicle, it doesn't really require the infrastructure that uh, that that all the other systems that we've seen up to that point require. Remember, yeah. this is this is a self guided vehicle that can go anywhere really. That has like oh this whole I mean it's it's a it's a massive contraption on, on the vehicle right now an exterior yeah. thing. It's almost like a big exoskeleton on the vehicle. Um, actually, you know they may have pared it down now, so it's just that that top mounted laser the the uh, this this. The one that's like the the main yeah the system main right, right in the center of the hood uh, the uh, roof rather but it's still not it's still obviously not a not anything more than a prototype no no but but uh, the point is that you know it doesn't require something you know a specific roadway to be laid down you know that has also has embedded sensors in it that work with the vehicle um, well, that's true so that you know this vehicle can go anywhere really as long as it has a map of the of the area. That I can navigate with, right? In theory, let's also remember that this uh, this vehicle is in planning stages. Uh, one thing that I like that we did talk about with our, you're right, we have done quite a few autonomous vehicle podcasts. But one thing that I think we should punch again is that when we see the evolution of the autonomous vehicle, which is happening now, which is exciting, historians are going to look back on this. What we're going to see is exactly what's happening in CS 2013, CES 2013, which is that uh, the features on luxury vehicles are starting to do more and more work that was traditionally the job of the people in the car. Ben, are you reading my notes? Yes, because it sure no, looks. It's, I mean, you're just exact, you're exactly hitting on what I'm going to talk about next. Because um, I, I, I wanted to mention that this is like a um, I'm going to call it a slow creep. Like it's there been, we go. It's been creeping yeah. up on us from from the beginning, you know, and that you know um, 
the rise of these technologies that it, that are that seemingly really really small things you know it's small steps mm-hmm. become part of this bigger thing so and a lot of these companies are calling these building block technologies right and that you know let's say that um, and i've got a list here like starting with adaptive cruise control and mm-hmm. then there was you know the self-parking systems and parallel parking systems and then there's collision avoidance systems yep. lane assistance in the systems um uh, blind spot detection systems there's there's even like rear cross traffic alert systems now mm-hmm. Um, all of this stuff, like once you start adding all this together, now if you had a vehicle with all of these together, that becomes a pretty smart car right there. Once you get, you, know, you start adding even more to that, you know, like a vehicle that's going to be able to to handle just driving in a straight line without smashing in anything, you know, on its own and, you know, yeah. modulate the uh, the brake and, and accelerator um, in a way that, you know, isn't isn't aggressive towards other drivers or isn't, uh, you know, annoying to other drivers. <laughs> that or isn't dangerous. See, that these building block technologies are what we, we've, well, you know, over the, the, the last decades, I guess, because yeah. adaptive cruise control has been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Building over the last, let's say, 15, 20 years, um, these things have really come a long way, and and now they're starting to compile them all into one vehicle and one one very very smart vehicle that you know is capable of doing a lot more than we thought even even four years ago. Yeah, and I I love that you say uh, you point out one of the key breakthroughs here being successful integration mm-hmm. of very disparate technologies because originally you know a lot of this stuff came out as a gosh isn't it neat kind of thing mm-hmm. you know that the the parallel the automatic parallel parking right mm-hmm. great it's it's a brilliant design yeah we even talked about that in a podcast on its own what yeah. a cool system that was oh so this is our fifth <laughs> well yeah, sort of but um but what we're starting to see one of the things that makes this sort of a j curve of innovation is that these things these individual pieces are being um successfully combined into a larger thing. But if we can, uh, before we go on, can we drill down into one of my favorite things, a little bit more detail about the Audi Connect? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's so interesting about it? You can use your phone, dude. You can, like, you can send this car to go find a parking space on its own and then call it and it will Leave the parking space again on its own, and it will find you. Okay, this is you know this is the thing. I think I think you're saying you're saying that that's the Audi Connect. I think it's using the Audi Connect system. Oh, you're right. It's called. Yeah. It's got a it's got a title. It's got a specific. And, hang I'm on sorry. one second. Let me find it. It's it's piloted parking. So that's Audi. Right. So if you want to search for it, no, Ben, that's a but but. You're spot on in that, that that this is maybe the coolest thing that I've seen in a long, long time. Um, it's called Audi Piloted Parking, mm. and it's it's ghost-like in the way that it works, right? Yeah. I mean, it's really, really bizarre to watch this happen, and it's it's truly doing it. It's not a you know, it's not a gimmick. It's not you know something that they're they're making up. Now the the downside of this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna point yeah. this out early on because you know the we we need to yeah. Um, You've mentioned a couple of things. I want to go back to them in just a second. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, one of the downsides is this does have to have um, embedded sensors in the parking structure or parking area that the vehicle this is. This needs infrastructure, yeah. It does need infrastructure other than, you know, and the vehicle that's also equipped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's get back to the positives of this because this is the, this is that vehicle that I was talk, talking about that is maybe one of the coolest things I've seen all year, really. And we see a lot of... Uh, <laughs> I hate to use the name of the show, but we see a lot of stuff about cars. Yeah. Um, one thing, just to clarify, uh, 
Scott, your excellent point. Audi Connect is a larger system, and it does. There, there are things that Audi Connect uh, data services uh, do that have nothing to do with pilot. Yeah, it's the it's the infotainment center for Audi. Right. It's so like it's gen- like your internet radio. You know your. Um, GSM, you can do Bluetooth sure, stuff that's really cool. It's your nav system. It's your. It's even got Wi-Fi, which is really cool, and that's how this whole thing operates, I believe. Yeah, it's your wireless computer system um, essentially. But you're right. I mean, and for those that didn't quite pick it up in the first, you know, let's say that again, this again, what it does because this is so cool. You can go to the mall, and you can get out of the vehicle. Everybody can get out of the vehicle. The driver, the passengers, everybody. Grandma, anybody, whoever. Yeah, the baby can get out in the stroller, whatever. <laughs> you stand at the curb. You push the button on your on your smartphone, and the vehicle leaves and parks itself. Yeah, without hitting anything, it, it finds an open parking spot in the in the uh, structure or in the parking yeah. lot wherever it parks itself. And then, and then what happens when you come back out? You push a button on your cell phone, and your car says, "Oh, Scott and the family are ready. I better go get them." And it starts up. It starts itself. Backs itself out. Drives up to the curb and picks you up. It's like imagine it like it's like autopilot parking is what it is really. It's yeah. like uh, it's like um, valetless valet parking mm-hmm. really. I don't know how to how to better put it than that. I mean, you, it drops you off at the curb and it picks you up again, all on its own. And it does shut off in between. It's not like it's running the whole time. Oh, or anything good point. Like that. Yeah. Um, it, but it's really really advanced. It's a very sophisticated system that that makes all this happen. Um, mm-hmm. Especially trying to find. I mean, it finds an open spot. Ben, I. Can, I can't do that on my own in a parking spot, typically. <laughs> um, and, it, and I would assume that it makes a good judgment call on, you know, if there's enough room on the, uh, you know, the sides. Not, not that anybody has to get out in or out yeah. of the vehicle, but, uh, you know, you, you don't want to scrape in along other vehicles. So their CES demo was a success here because there's there was already some hype building up about this, but it, it met the hype. Again, the primary disadvantage is that it needs an external infrastructure. Yeah, but they did demonstrate this live on on a video i mean this this yeah. happened in an interview that you know the person that was there representing audi mm-hmm. um actually had the vehicle you know go park itself and then come back and retrieve her during this interview and uh and you, you saw it do it and you know they had obviously set up the area you know right. with the, with the appropriate sensors but the, the system functioned it, it actually worked and and it's really cool to see it so you can check out a video of it from you know the CES coverage and what's what another thing that's cool about this specifically is that it what it uses production sensors but it's prototype software i think they mm-hmm. punched that so these sensors are already in production this is not so much a proof of concept as it is saying a declaration that we are going to do this yeah uh, this is, you know, maybe coming to a mall near you. I mean, and that's the thing. It doesn't have to be a whole city that, you know, they have to they have to out, out, right. outfit with this. You know, they can do it at, uh, let's say, our local mall here. Uh-huh. You know, they've got a uh, a mall with a parking structure. They can outfit, you know, the entire parking structure with this and then advertise that, you know, if you have a, a 2000, what, I don't know, um, you know, they're saying it's like a decade out on this thing. So, yeah. So, um Let's say that you have. Let's a, just say 2020. How about okay, that? You have it's a 20, a safe let's number. say you have a 2020 Audi with that has this uh, this this piloted parking system. They can advertise that you know if you have piloted parking, you're set to go here at our mall. You know, for, you know, easy easy Christmas parking. Mm-hmm. Um, how how nice would that be? And if it doesn't have, you know, here's the thing: if it doesn't have this technology by 2020, then somebody is just somebody fired the wrong person. Nothing's getting done. Uh, this stuff, I'm going to go ahead 
and uh, take a page from Jonathan Strickland's book, uh, one of the co-hosts, the tech stuff, and uh, make a prediction here. Okay. This stuff is on the way. Maybe it's it's a, it's still a don't-hold-your-breath situation. You know, if you're planning on buying a car in 2015 or something, it's not going to have this. No. It's, it's probably just not going to happen. No, because they are saying, I mean, they're saying a decade out. Yeah. Um, sometimes that gets bumped up, you know, if it's if it's ready to go. Because you said they're production sensors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vehicle doesn't look like a test vehicle. It doesn't have, you know, a lot of external yeah. um, stuff on it. This it doesn't look, have that Google car no, laser. No, this looks like a car that you would buy on the lot today. Yeah, it's an um, A7, I think. Yeah, it's it's a it's a current vehicle outfitted with the system. So, you know, that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do say it's a decade out. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see what happens now. Let's move on because yeah. um, really there were only uh, this, in a way, it kind of surprised me, but maybe not. I mean, yeah. CES uh, they showcased really two vehicles. Now Audi was one. Audi A7. Um, now Toyota and Lexus, um, which mm-hmm. are you know Toyota Toyota's luxury brand is the Lexus brand, right? Um, but they were the only other ones that really had any kind of driverless car technology at CES. Not to say that they're not on the way because mm-hmm. uh, Ford, BMW, GM. Uh, VW, Volvo, all those companies, yeah. they have driverless vehicles in the works. They're all working on something. The only ones that were really showcased at the latest CES, uh, 2013, uh, mm-hmm. were the Toyota and Audi brands. But um, the the, uh, the Toyota offering, I guess, the, uh, the Lexus offering, we should say, because it was a Lexus vehicle. Yeah, Lexus LS. It's nearly identical to the Google car. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you can always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It can also alert you before you go too low or when you're going too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see like more time and range in lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. 
Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. And this kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, this was, it's safe to say, this was a surprise for a lot of people when they first heard about it. Now, of course, the news about this popped before CES 2013. Mm -hmm. People knew this was coming, but it was still amazing because this, um, the Advanced Active Safety Research Vehicle, right? Yeah, AASRV. Doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. No, no, no. But uh, again, um, despite the name, this is great. This Toyota has been working on this sort of uh, response to the Google vehicle at their. I'm going to um, butcher some Japanese. Scott, you ready? Yeah. At their Higashi Fuji Technical Center, that's in uh, Toyota City, Japan. So this is their testing facility. This is like their Willy Wonka factory where they make all the crazy stuff and. Um, so what what they're showing at at um, both at the technical center and at CES uh, is a wealth of technologies, ve- both vehicle to vehicle and vehicle to in- infrastructure. Yeah, there's a, there's a few articles out there that will uh, detail exactly you know the uh, the type of of lasers that they use and the ranges that, that you know they detect objects and you know like the uh, the speeds that that it's capable of you know of detecting objects at certain distances and you know all that information is is out there it's easy to find um but yeah it's a very very advanced vehicle now they showcased it on uh, what was it a, a production ls model yeah um it, obviously this isn't something that's going to be you know on the lot anytime soon <laughs> um and it's it's right there with uh, with google vehicle in that you know it's still doing testing they're uh uh, they're getting licenses to, licenses to do this kind of thing out in areas like uh, like Nevada, mm-hmm. um, and you may think you know that's not that's one thing I want to mention right now. While we're talking about um, you know Audi was big news recently because they got a driverless car permit in Nevada. They were the only only the second ones behind Google to do so. Right. And why why did they select Nevada? And I thought that's kind of strange, you know. And, and I like a lot of people when I think of I think a lot of people think of Nevada, they think of Las Vegas. Yeah, and it's like, well, that, that place is crowded. That, why would you want you know to do it there? Honestly, like you go past Las Vegas, all of the rest of Nevada is wide open. I mean, it's it's completely wide open roads, easy test bed you know mm-hmm. region for them. I think it makes a, it's a good choice. And there's a couple of other states that uh, you know they're they're still looking into. Um, I think there's like three different states that mm-hmm. are granting permits for stuff like this. I, I don't. Uh, there's somewhere in my notes here, but maybe I'll come across them. Okay. The uh yeah I maybe I'm misremembering but I think Utah's one uh could I'm, be I'm not completely sure on that but uh so here's one thing I really want to punch about this the um the advanced safety research vehicle or excuse me the advanced active safety research vehicle <laughs> is uh right now is chilling out chillaxing if you will at Ann Arbor Michigan um you as you said Scott we can see a lot of the stats about this vehicle online and they do have a they do have a comparison you can compare them they're kind of apples to apples with Google with ah, Google's car yeah that's the thing well in but, a way in a way in a way now you're saying apples to apples and the, the, they use the sim- a similar system but i also found that it, they want to stress that it's uh and to clear up any confusion 
that it's actually independent technology. Like the and it, yeah, that they didn't, they weren't snooping around. Sergi and Larry. Here's a here's a, a quick way to to, uh, yeah. to dispel this is there's an article in the Wall Street Journal from uh, early early this year in 2013, mm-hmm. um, and I'll just read this real quickly. Then. Yeah, uh, it says well Google uses many Toyota vehicles in its autonomous fleet. Now that's where the confusion comes in because you know right they use a Toyota Prius exactly it's a Prius that you saw so you might think like well. You know, they've just jumped on the bandwagon mm-hmm. with this, right? Okay, so while Google uses many Toyota vehicles in its autonomous fleet, the two companies confirmed that Toyota's technology wasn't the result of a partnership and that each firm is developing different, uh, developing driving systems independently. Mm-hmm. So it's very similar to the, to the Google car, uh, you know, like with the laser system, the, uh, uh, the radar and camera equipment that they use. Um, but it's not exactly the same. Well, yeah, and it's it's tremendously important that we point that out because the reasons that they have similar um, similar concepts, independently generated similar concepts, is because these two companies are aiming for some of the same goals. Now, Toyota has a lot of information about their their vision that's driving this. They're they're starting to ask, you know, being a Japanese country uh, or company from Japan, they're starting to ask what is what is the long term, you know, twenty, fifty years out uh state of the the average city life, what is what is the average car going to be expected to do? How do we integrate these new technological breakthroughs in a way that the average driver is going to be able to to profit from. And one one big difference uh, between Toyota right now and Google right now is that Toyota is very much uh, very much taking pains to go uh, to go the extra mile and to let people know that the job of this technology is safety related it's not to wrench control away from the driver okay you know what i mean yeah. so uh google has more of a pure research driven idea okay now i'm glad you're mentioning uh, research and technology because um this is where my uh, my little sidebar comes in here now i, I think ah. we've kind of uh we've maybe you know talked about as much as we can about this because there's not a whole lot out there other than that they're doing it, right? Yeah. And that, you know, here's the basics of the system. We don't know all the details yet. Um, you know, Ford Motor Company kind of chimed in with, you know, we're we're also working on something, you know, that, you know, <laughs> but and totally as did. as is, uh, you know, GM and uh, Volvo and all the others that I mentioned. And by the way, I've got the three uh, states that are um, uh Possibly going to legalize computer-controlled cars. Oh, you picked them up? Uh, yeah, just real quick. They're uh, they're Nevada, of course, yeah. uh, Florida, and California. I was totally wrong. Well, I thought Utah was on there too, just because of the wide open spaces. But um, uh, Flor- Florida, California, and Nevada. Okay. Okay. So back to uh, technology and and research. Research. Now, this is this was interesting to me, and I I don't know how I've. I've I, I miss some things in the news sometimes when this this happens. There's, there's a lot going on in the auto industry all the time, so I try to keep up on this stuff. But there is a um, there's a, a partnership right now between Toyota and Tesla that's going on that I had no idea, and I don't know why this this evaded me for some reason. I don't know if I don't know where this. Uh, somehow missed me so it's ongoing though yeah it's ongoing but and do you know a little bit about this or, or just maybe that it happened i that's okay. all i know that, that it happened okay so the idea is that you know toyota is uh kind of 
they've got this new, relatively new chief executive officer who is the the grandson of the company's founder. Right. And uh, he's really focused on new technology. And that's where a lot of this hybrid technology and all this mm-hmm. comes in and, and batteries. And um, that's where, you know, of course, Tesla being this, this kind of upstart company that's all about batteries and, and you yeah. know, alternative power and all this stuff. That's First, where this uh, high-performance electric car. This really gets interesting. And I, I started to kind of... Dig into this just a tiny little bit, and, I, and you know, since we're, I think we're done with the uh, the CES yeah, electric vehicles, right? Let me just mention this real quickly because I found some just kind of in, uh, a twist to this, you know, that in that um, Tesla, you know, it's it's kind of had its ups and downs, right? Sure, um, yeah, rocky road at yeah, times, a bit, a bit, but for the most part, it's remained a strong company. Now, mm. I know there's been some bad news about you know some some. Battery situations, you know, like breaking and things like that that happen in the, the Tesla Roadster. Um, but, you know, I think they've, they've overcome all that and they've got some decent models coming out. In fact, there's one that I want to mention here that's a real surprise. Um, but there's a Forbes article called, Why is Tesla beating GM, Ford, and Toyota electric cars? Okay. That's, oh, that's the yeah, title. Yeah. So why is Tesla beating GM, Ford, and Toyota? Now, the crazy thing about this is, and it's a, it makes great points. It's really, it's a short article, mm-hmm. very concise. Uh, they make a lot of good points um, in that, you know, back in 2009, I think it was, um, Bob Lutz, specifically, they point out Bob Lutz at GM. Cool. Yeah. Uh, GM well, not cool in this case, because he, he, uh, he was kind of... Uh, He's kind of laughing at Tesla. He was saying, like, you know, who do they think they are coming in here thinking that they can, you know, sell a car like this for that kind of price? Yeah. No one's going to buy it. It's not, you know, something that the people want. Oh, I didn't know. And, okay. uh, yeah, so, but, so he's laughing at Tesla Motors. Well, at the same time, they point out, um, GM shut down Pontiac, Hummer, Saab, Saturn. And at the same time, Tesla sold 100% of its, of its inventory and they opened up a second dealership because at the time, they were a single dealership operation, you know, one one main office. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like a, the ha-ha thing on, on, on their part, you know, like, well, we'll show you. The idea is that Tesla is, they're, they're, they're what they call a, a classic example of a, a disruptive innovator. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So they've they've come in and they've they've disrupted the uh, the the norm, the the uh, situation that's you know like the standard operating procedure for automobile companies from the beginning of of the automobile. Yeah. Um. Really, and they do things completely different. And that's why you know they were kind of laughed at early on, but now people are starting to take notice. And and they're they made this this comparison. I thought this was interesting. Well, I'll, I'm almost done. I promise. No, I'm listening. I'm. I'm um, not- they said that, that Tesla is, this Forbes article again, yeah. uh, says that Tesla is completely changing the automotive market. Now, I would never ever think of Tesla completely changing the automotive market. I see it as like a um, a luxury vehicle that's, you know, like a, a sports vehicle, almost like um, like a boutique vehicle. You There's know? a niche. You're yeah, very, very limited niche, right? Well, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think that they're coming on pretty strong here. Okay, um, but because they say, of this partnership? Well, they say that they're, well, it's, you know, it, working with them, it can't hurt, right? Yeah. It, it can't hurt, and, and it can't hurt Toyota to work with Tesla either. I mean, I think that there's something to be learned both ways there. Uh, but they're saying they're changing the market a lot like Amazon changed the retail industry Ooh, in okay. that, you know, the retailer said, well, why would you ever go to Amazon to, you know, get the same product that you can come right down the street, you know, to my uh, my brick-and-mortar store and buy the same thing? Why would you ever do that? Because you can save $3 if you wait a week. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, like, that's the exact thing that, that you know, Tesla is doing to the automotive market. There, there's, there's, like, this new way to run the business, and then yeah. there's the old standard way, and 
you know, they're realizing that maybe this new way is really catching on. And, and so much so, in fact, Ben, you know, I, I said that, you know, that this is kind of like a boutique vehicle and, you know, it's a, it's a definitely a niche market, right? The original, the roadster. Well, yeah, that, that's why, that's the way a lot of people think about it, I think, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, did you know, do you know what the Motor Train car of the year in 2013 is? It's a Tesla model. Is it a Tesla? It, it is. It's, it's not Tes- a Roadster. It's No, it's not. It's a Tesla Model S because they quit making the Roadster, right? Yeah. They make this Tesla Model S. Now, the base price is kind of high 50, at $59.9, but to make the Motor Trend Car of the Year in 2013 after mm-hmm. in just 2009 being laughed at as you know yeah. this upstart that's never going to make it, Wow, that's pretty amazing. I, I This whole thing. Like that article, it was just full of little bits of information that led me elsewhere to you know to read and research, and I tell you they're coming on real strong. Sounds like it might be time for a Tesla podcast. Maybe, my maybe, but you know this whole thing with Toyota, it happened. I, I don't know if it happened last year or when it happened. Um, again, just kind of right off my radar. I, I didn't even know it happened, but uh, it makes complete sense now that you think about the direction both companies are going. And you know, it sounds like they've. Changed your mind a little bit. Tesla has bit. has gotten a little bit more street cred with you. Huh? I think, yeah, I think they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, it doesn't hurt that you know they they also have vehicles on the lot at the uh, the Lamborghini dealer that I like to go and you know press my nose against the, the glass <laughs> occasionally. One day, one day, we're going to have to tell uh, the folks at that dealership that you have a car show. I'm going to owe them a <laughs> bottle of Windex because you know, there's all, after every weekend, there's always a nose print and you know, like two hands up on the glass. Uh, Lamborghini and Lotus, it's a great combination. And then you know, they yeah. add Tesla to the mix, and there's sometimes a spiker in there. Really, uh, it's really cool. It's a neat place. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you can always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It can also alert you before you go too low or when you're going too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. 
and all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see like more time in range and lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. So you already responded to this guy, uh, Richard, out in California. Okay. Uh, Richard had a story that I wanted to uh, make sure the rest of our listeners hear just because I think it's super cool. All right. Thanks for the Rolls Royce podcast, he said. It brought back some good memories. I drove a 1936 Rolls Royce to my senior prom. Ah, now I remember this guy. This is really cool. This is a cool story. Um, Wait, a 1936 Rolls Royce? To his senior prom. Okay. And he, his senior problem was not in 1936. Yeah, he's not uh, 120. <laughs> so uh, Richard says, there was a company in Tucson, Arizona that had antique cars to promote their business. At 18 years old, I went to the company office and told the manager that somebody said it would be funny if we drove a Rolls Royce to senior prom. He said, I don't think it's funny. Do you want to, uh, you want a Rolls or a Pierce Arrow? I didn't know what a Pierce Arrow was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I asked for the Rolls Royce. The only thing he was concerned about was if I was insured. So I called my parents' agent who told me I was insured for anything I drive. That's all the manager needed and my word I could take care of the car. When I went to pick up the car, he just asked me to park it in front because the flying lady hood ornament was the least expensive thing on the car, and it was $50. The Rolls was right-hand steering. The problem I had with that is when I placed myself where I usually do on the road, my date was in the lane with the oncoming traffic. Recently, I told some coworkers this story. One of the women asked if the car was new when I drove it. I wish I had 100 more pictures. Har, har, har. <laughs> was it new when you drove it? Yeah, I'm sure she had a good laugh over that too, right? Because he would be – yeah, how old would he be? Probably 100, again, 120, something like that. Um, I didn't figure it out exactly. But, but you wrote back to but, this guy. Yeah, I did. I, I sent it like, you know, back a, a long letter. But uh, he um, – that, he sent a photo along with that. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the, uh, the, the classic looking rolls, the huge fenders and the, and the headlights that look like they're as big as this table that we're sitting at. Yeah. Granted, um, though, this is kind of a small table. Oh, uh, yeah. But there are uh, massive headlights. It's just a really, really neat, neat vehicle. And I think he mentioned in there he wished, uh, later, he, he actually wrote back a second time and said, I just, I just wish that I had taken about a hundred photographs that day mm-hmm. because uh, he's got just the one photo that's got a lot of patina to it. It's really, really a neat photo, yeah. uh, but it doesn't show a whole lot of detail. And I'm sure that that, you know, the memory of that day is just etched in his mind because that, what a cool experience. I mean, that's Ferris Bueller level cool to yeah. have a 1936 rolls at your senior prom. And what I thought was maybe the coolest thing is that he's driving it himself. It's not like a chauffeured vehicle where he right. just steps out. You know, they they let you out. I mean, which would still be cool. But to it's be able to, cooler to drive it. to drive that vehicle and arrive in that, that that is really really neat. Well, Richard, thank you so much for writing to us. Um, we hope that uh, you still get a chance to uh, mess with that rolls. Maybe let us know what's going on with that business. And uh, also to our listeners, we hope that you enjoyed this story. We hope you enjoyed our uh, little update on self-driving cars. Our fifth episode. Um, I promise, Scott, I'll, I'll get off yeah, of it now. Officially fourth, but uh, I think along the way we've had some of the building block technology episodes that yeah. count maybe as driverless 
technologies. Okay, we'll call it four asterisk. Yeah, that's right. That's All right. So, um, so thank you guys so much for listening. We want to hear what you think about the future of cars. Uh, would you be comfortable driving in? Oh, excuse me, riding in a self-driving car. Um, and what's the coolest car you've ever driven? Those are good questions. Well, why not? Why not? So uh, drop us a line at Facebook. Uh, give us a holler on Twitter, or send us an email directly, just like Richard did. Our address is carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com.